Hello, this is John Wood of Wood Patent Law, and welcome to my podcast, Let's See the Patents, where I give my back-of-the-envelope, high-level impressions of today's most innovative technology companies. This is my practice, and if you are an IP decision maker, an inventor or innovator, or an investor in technology, then this podcast is for you. Today, we're going to talk about Palantir Technologies. This is a data analytics company. They're in Silicon Valley. They're kind of the quintessential Silicon Valley company in a lot of ways, uh, right in line with the Silicon Valley show on HBO. You have just a cast of characters associated with this company from their executive level to the investor level. They work, they have secret contracts with the government. They provide a lot of uh, government data analytics. I think the CIA, maybe a lot of processing of this information. They are very competitive to work for in the Bay Area. So you sort of, um, from a talent acquisition standpoint, you have some of these top companies. You have you always have these very exciting new smaller startups. And then you have your established startups, uh, the Google, Apple, Facebook, uh, not startups, giant technology companies, but uh, once were startups. Um, uh, Google, Apple, Facebook are kind of thought of as some of the top companies that you can work for, and Palantir is right there with them. Uh, part of that is the competitiveness, and, and, and they were a startup, a uh, uh, smaller startup for, for a good long while. Part of that is the financial package that they offer, a very attractive with some of these bigger companies. You have these stock option portfolios or stock options that are granted with a higher um, there was a time I recall when that was uh, maybe an issue with Palantir. We didn't know if they were, if the stock options were ever going to mature. The, the, so the idea when you get a stock option and some of startups is that the best case scenario is that it goes public and you have these very valuable uh, uh, stocks um, that you can uh, liquidate. And, is, and with Palantir, there was kind of a thing. Were they going to be able to go public? Was that some of their security stuff, some of their security clearances? Um, with some of their government contracts, that was sort of an issue. And in, in where these stock options that young uh, uh, and older technology talent um, went went there for, sort of, they are they are going to um, mature into these valuable assets. So, they, but but very attractive company to work for. Uh, a bit of secrecy involved with them, and just uh, just interesting, just super interesting company. Let's see the patents. Let's take a look. Let's see what they're. Uh, let's see their patents. Where are they at? So pulling up the Palantir uh, patent portfolio, it's huge, and that makes all the sense in the world. You're looking at robust patent portfolio, international filings. If you consider the uh, depth of the water they're swimming in, from a, a competitor standpoint, you have IBM, uh, Microsoft, Google. These are their competitors. Their patent portfolio should be uh, in line with uh, these bigger companies. A lot of that has to do with um, that competition, those competitors, cross-licensing, things of that nature. So their portfolio is, uh, well, is robust. Um, when I'm looking at a portfolio like this, I, one of the, a couple things I like to do. Right off the bat, I want to jump all the way back to the beginning and see what was important for the company when they were first starting out. And for Palantir, we're going to go back to 2006, late 2006. And then I want to see 
what are they grinding on now? Most recent part of the uh, bargain of a patent a patent application is a public disclosure of your technology. And so, if we look at their most recent applications, that's going to tell us uh, one where where are they innovating, and two where do they consider what is worthwhile to put their innovation investment dollar. Um, so if we go back to the beginning for Palantir's, uh, and I'm looking at their granted applications here this early on. I'm going to go back and see what actually uh, matured into a granted application. I've seen a lot of uh, data, analytic processing, and visualization stuff, some really <laughs> fantastic titles here. Simplifying a polygon, uh, that's a great uh, application. Not their earliest, but 2012 here. we got two patents, Simplifying a Polygon. Um, Horizon Histogram Optimizations, that's a good one. Uh, one granted application there, U.S. Grant, Horizon Histogram Optimization. So they're in a lot of visualization early on. We're going to talk about a few of their uh, much earlier uh, applications. And then if I jump to their patent publications, what I'm seeing a lot here is in uh, security, risk assessment, malicious software detection, malware, malware uh, uh, detection. Um, let's see here. Let's jump out some of these titles. Network anomaly detection, malicious software detection, a computing system, malware data clustering. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. Early on, visualization, data visualization, optimization, now moving towards network security. Uh, that makes a ton of sense. Um, and that's where their investment is going uh, into this new world of, of secure uh, data and you know, certainly any sort of uh, protection from, from outside uh, third-party interference. So going, uh, that's where they are now. Going back, back to the vi data visualization world, just getting started. Uh, ontology is a word that's that they use a lot early on. And in, in fact, if we go all the way back, all the way back to Palantir's first application, what we're looking at here, creating data in a data store using dynamic ontology. It's our first application, priority date, November 20th, 2006. There's no provisional here, so this was a straight utility application. Um, their recent filings, they do use the provisional patent application mechanism. In 2006, we're jumping back quite a bit here before the AIA, the American Events Act, uh, the, the, it, it, sort of implementing the first to file here, March 2013. We're going back before that, but even then, the provisional patent application was a tremendous tool to establish that early filing date. These early provisionals from Palantir don't utilize that mechanism, um, but their, their later applications uh, certainly do. So, so that's changed for them, how they're, how they're establishing their, their inventive dates and sort of uh, driving their portfolio. A little different, certainly when you're looking from an international standpoint, if you're going utility to um, uh, international application, PCT. Uh, application or uh, uh, provisional then then into your international stage but again no provisionals here but they do have these early filing dates so November 20th 2006 uh, creating data in a data store using a dynamic ontology so this application uh, w was filed um, straight to utility here we're going back 14 years now 2006 this application has uh, matured into five grants so they maintain pendency throughout this 
entire uh, application. In fact, their first grant was in June 2011. They've since been pushing on this application, um, early filed application. A uh, few things that uh, the, uh, one of the only things uh, you can't do with a patent application is go back in time and file one. They have tremendous inventive subject matter here um, in this application, and the patent office is in agreement with that. In fact, they just paid another uh, issue fee for their sixth patent on this. So they have five grants. They're, they have another one uh, coming soon. This application. Um, uh, really maturing into uh, into a lot of IP. That's a foundational type uh, application. Now, on this size, there may be other applications that uh, there's probably a ton of applications that have uh, matured and, and that are more on product and sort of in their commercialization roadmap. But that application, uh, I'm, I'm going to take a good look and see where the value is there. If that if that really is still running, high, highly valuable. Um, um, th that may actually, by virtue of its early filing date and the number of grants it, ha it has, uh, end up being one of their uh, most highly valued patent. Um, going here to their next uh, earliest application. So you had November 2006, then we jumped to February 2007. Again, going straight to utility so that so they're not using the provisional application mechanism they are using it now they weren't using it then we're kind of going back before uh back quite in quite a bit of time um it's a great tool i highly recommend it i love the provisional patent mechanism it's not necessary you can go, certainly go straight to a utility and, and there are reasons to do that um but the tool as a tool I, you know i'm very handy especially for the startups so here Providing unique views of a date of data based on changes or rules. Again, we're going to visualization. This is early on. This is what Palantir uh, was all about. It's where their uh, innovation was. It's where their value was. Their market distinction. Right. Remember, the highest valued patents typically dovetail with a market distinction. If your innovation is on your market distinction, you are pushing your value um, about as high as it can get. So. Here they're in visualization, uh, and then now they're really focusing on security, um, malware detection, things of that nature. But going back, um, going back to 2007, we have visualization providing unique views of data based on changes or rules. Here, this application, five grants, the most recent uh, issued patent here, July 2020, just July of this year, a couple months ago. Looks like they've uh, dropped pendency at this point. For this one, um, again, pushed it along over a decade, uh, this application. And in fact, I'm looking here, their first grant was in 2015. So filed the application 2007, granted uh, 2015. Okay. Um, so some years later, the patent process can take that much time. Um, that would maybe be towards the, the longer end of it. And then but then once they got that first grant and they really dialed in on the innovative subject matter, uh, they were able to push on it and harvest uh, a good bit of IP, um, five grants, uh, including a very, very recent one. So here, uh, February 2007. Uh, then we go to March 2007, um, their next application, gen generating dynamic date sets that represent market conditions. So here's an application they filed. They have two 
two grants here. They, no pendency. They've, they've dropped the pendency. The most recent grant was in 2012. Um, early application, two grants. I'm seeing, by the way, diversity of inventorship here, which I uh, love to see. That means they really had a team going. You didn't necessarily have a few unique just uh, inventors who are driving all of the innovation. And that does happen. And it's great to have that uh, talent on your team. Um, it looks like they have a bunch of that. So uh, I like to see that. Um, early on of uh, diversity of inventorship. Um, that means you're, you know, some of your early on. And so if we, if we go back in time and I'm looking at this portfolio maybe um, in this year, I want to know, and in, in, let's say, for instance, there is one inventor, maybe two driving the innovation. Well, I uh, want to know where these inventors are. They, are they, are they going to stay with the company? What happens if they leave? Um, who's driving the innovation? Who, where is the technology um, value or for the for the company, and if I see diversity of inventorship, that tells me or it's a sign that it's really on the team and the company and the technology team and not a few in individuals. So here we are, March two thousand seven, two grants through pendency that application. Then we jump to um, September two thousand seven for an application feature based similarity measure for market instruments, uh, one grant. Uh, zero pendency. This application filed in 2007, granted in two, uh, 2013. Um, going now to the next application, October 2007. So this is the, uh, kind of giving you an idea of these applications in priority order. So early on, November 2006, and we jump to so February, March, um, then a bit of a gap here, September. Um, now we're jumping to October 2007, object-oriented time series generator. This application yielded uh, uh, two grants, the last in 2016, um, the first in 2013, so filed in 2007, six years later, received their grants, um, zero pendency. And then, uh, again, here not long after that, priority-wise, October 18, 2007, resolving database entity information. Um, another application, uh, four grants. Um, they've they've let their pendency go. Uh, however, the most recent grant was in August 2020. So this application um, uh, yielding intellectual property here for uh, over a decade from your priority date. Um, uh, a key to me is that is that that has high value. Now this application housed. I'd be willing to bet a tremendous amount of intellectual property that as as this company has matured uh, and gone into new product lines, had new clients, um, it's possible that now they're looking back at that application, that early filed application, and finding what innovation in, in that application, disclosing that application, they can now put on their new uh, products and 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 uh, new market distinctions. If that if, if that technical uh, matter is there and disclosed in that application, if it's a forward-looking, comprehensive, early-filed uh, patent application, uh, be that provisional or utility, um, th then that is tremendous value. And you're, you're maintaining pendency, and here, they, here Palantir has been for over a decade um, harvesting granted claim sets. Granted claim sets, that's what's enforceable here. Your granted claim sets. Um, your uh, pending applications speak to potential, potential to have granting claim sets. And then, of course, once you lose that pendency, you're not able to 
go back to those applications and, and, and drive claim sets to where you want them, whether that's on on your product or on uh, in the commercialization space and the commercialization for the industries, uh, the commercialization roadmap for the industry, or 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 on uh, closer to a competitor's uh, product or, or service offering. Um, once that pendency is gone, you'll have that now. It does come to pass that that the application has run its course, um, and you are in, in the world of dim- diminishing returns. But for a pendant application, often much of your investment has been made up front from a financial standpoint. The, a lot of the highest value can be spent um, um, on the application, on drafting the application, putting the application together, putting the IP portfolio together, the initial IP portfolio together, and then sort of revisiting that um, um as you as you move this application to grant and you maintain pendency, that's going to be uh, less costly, um, and certainly you have that great value. That again, can't go back in time and file a patent application. This thing is pendant; it's there. It's your place in time that you've had, you've uh, invented or innovated here this subject matter, and that and the fact that it is pendant allows you to push it into different directions. Um, I think early on what I'm seeing here, so you have a, a real set of applications that, that were maintained for 10, 10 plus years, over a decade, um, and matured into five, five grants, five grants, four grants, uh, another one coming down um, just recently. Some of these very recent, granted very recently this year um, from applications filed in 2006, 2007. So these were um, comprehensive applications potentially loaded with innovative subject matter or or certainly um, um, yeah, uh, have enough subject matter there where claim sets can be adjusted or manipulated, and, and that was most likely the thought there um, as these applications were, were kept alive. So early application set, if I'm going back in time, I'm putting my head here, looking at, at what these guys have, maybe to these early years. Um, I'm seeing a lot of visualization. Um, I'm seeing, and then now... What's fun is to go back and see how these applications uh, played out. Well, what did they do with them? Well, they maintained them for a decade um, and uh, pushed on their claim sets and drafted claim sets into new areas. And now uh, some of them have run their course. And then looking to their Palantir's new stuff, again, huge portfolio, huge portfolio. wasn't so big, uh, 2006, 2007. Um, but as that Portfolio began to grow, and a lot of that is new subject matter, new innovation, and some of that is going to be maintaining your old innovation. Um, so, if your app, if your if your patent portfolio is one that you've that you've filed these comprehensive, forward-looking, um, innovative, technical patent applications early on, and you are continuing to to, to harvest intellectual property alongside your new innovation in your grants, um, well, your application is going to grow exponentially and your pending applications are, are, are going to grow. Okay, so it's not a, a static thing or, or, or a uniform thing. Certainly that it grows because you're maintaining pendency um, um, on the applications that are high value. Okay, so that's Palantir Technologies Mammoth uh, patent portfolio in the U.S. and internationally, as expected, um, going back early on, heavy with visualization. These applications, um, I'm going without looking at them. I guess were ter- technically comprehensive. They provided value for over a decade. Um, granted applications, 
and um, continuing to push on innovation um, in new areas of, of technology and, and, and invest in their intellectual property. Okay, so that's Palantir. So that about wraps it up uh, for today's podcast of Let's See the Patents. I'm John Wood of Wood Patent Law, woodpatentlaw.com. If you are an uh, IP decision maker um, in the innovation or technology space, whether that is by way of uh, your company or your investor or potential purchaser, um, and you are wanting to turn some of the knobs of your IP uh, portfolio um, up and uh, on value, then up. Uh, please feel free to connect with me. Um, shoot me a note, connect at woodpatentlaw.com or give my office a shout. Thanks guys.